Veteran Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together, each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Hey gardening friends, how are you all? Great to be here. We've got Bev, we've got John, we've got Ray and Faye. It's all happening. We're raring to go. You can give us a call now, 94841927. You might like to email, in preference, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And a big cheers to the dynamic duo, Chris Bartlett and Mark Carlton, for starting Saturday morning in such great style. And we also heard from Jim Crinan with the cycling update. And Jim shall return later today at 10am and present the classic 70s for you. Faye Caro, good morning. Good morning, Ray. How are you? I'm all right. I think you've had a pretty hard week by the sounds of it. You've been working like a navvy. Is that a, can I say that? That is true. That is true. I've been cleaning gutters. And can you not for jobs like that? There are people that come in and do these jobs, you know. And I I've thought know. about it, and I've, when I've read stuff like that, I thought, why doesn't she just get a few, you know, well, delegate a bit more, cut to the chase? Well, I am delegating some jobs, Ray, but mm. you know, sometimes people just don't don't do a, as good a job as me. Oh, I, <laughs> I see. Well, sometimes, no, well, no, I know that can be very true. Well, um, you don't know what you're getting. You know, no, when you get your I quotes, know, know. you don't know what you're comparing. Now, our gutters your were gutters full would get very of full. mud yeah. and they were full of leaves. Mm. Now, I'm very particular because if everything gets thrown off the roof, then there's another go? job yeah. to do underneath. And mm might just be leaves, but no, I don't want them in the garden. I don't mm. want them on top of the roses. So you've got control of where all the And I go up the there. goes. I've got the ladder. I've got the big black bin. I've bought a blower mulcher vac and all the dry leaves I suck up and that mulches and then I can put them into the big black bin. If it's mm. dry, they're nice and light. So I can get a good volume in there. So I can just about get one side of my house by filling two bins or a wheelbarrow load. Mm. And then the rest I, I'm scooping out with gloves and a, a tool that gets in between the sharp bits of the roof and the gutter and mm. I scoop that out and then I go in with my hands and get the rest. And it was a pretty dirty job and I thought mm. if I had someone else up here, they don't care as much perhaps where they stand, if any of the, the metal on the roof or the laser light gets damaged, it's another job. Um, a few years ago, I had someone in and he broke one of the lights, mm. the, the security lights on the corner of the house, yeah, as well happens. as newly planted stock plants. Mm. They don't oh, all, yeah. always like see the garden. And they trample all over your garden. Yeah, well, oh. I just think... At least if I do it, it is quite rewarding when it's done. Mm. It's exercise, getting up and down the ladder oh, and goody. shimmying across <laughs> the roof. And right. I tell you what, the view is lovely from up there. I suppose it gives you oh. a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it 
does, but oh. it is rewarding. And then all that crap that comes off my roof yeah. then goes into my compost. Yep. So then that gets turned. So, hey, look mm. at me, right? I've mm. had a workout this week. You sure have, kids. You sure have. I know mum and dad, they live next to a park mm. and they have they get their gutters cleaned uh, at least every three months. They have to. Look, if, if I because knew of, of someone yeah. who could come in with a vacuum and just suck out well, all they, the stuff. There are people that do that. Vac the vacuum. Also access around our yeah. house. You know, there's a deck, there's garden beds, mm. there's paving, there's steps, you know, there's a box gutter. It's not that easy. If if I could find someone that was affordable on my meagerly wage. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's the I other get thing. it. I get it. Okay, this morning, twenty past eight, we're chatting to Fiona Arison. Uh, from Perth Mobile Nursery. Now, this is a, a reasonably new entity and she's going to explain to her, us all, actually, uh, what they do and the benefits to our listeners. And she's certainly wanting to uh, tree up uh, WA, that's for sure. And at five past nine, we're chatting with Penny Morgan from Felicity's Garden, which is coming up on the 1st and 2nd of October. So we do look forward to that. The last open garden was cancelled, unfortunately. Stuff happens uh, and out of everyone's control. But uh, this will give us all something to look forward to. And I was thinking when I was driving here this morning, the Perth Garden Festival is is happening at the end of October. It's not very far away. I know. And again, something for everyone to really look forward to. I, can't, I know I can't wait. The gardening calendar is really ramping up, isn't it? It is. And, and so is the weather. And I just loved hearing that rain overnight. Oh, it was lovely. With with such a glorious day yesterday, right? I've yeah. got trays and trays of bromeliads under a patio and I just could barely Ooh. walk amongst them. So I went, okay, there's a few that are bursting into flower now. The Ecmia recurvata is a tough bromeliad. A little bit spiky, mm. but it will take full sun. Mm. And they're really easy care. And I had about five of them in different places around the garden, like just put out of the way. And I thought, okay, let's clean them up and let's work out where they can go in the garden. So mm. I'm I'm organising the pots and putting them where they can go in a more perma- permanent position. Yeah. And I found a, an empty stand after moving things around and... I confess, I've put everything on it that I've recently bought, my impulse purchases. So I've got I've had seedlings. a few of those again this week. Well, I've got a whole I'm, a whole stand. And of so, impulse? Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. so one of the tasks is to, to make a home for them. And then I work backwards because the latest things often sit around for weeks, months, and sometimes years. So I'm it's working terrible. on getting... Those pots into the garden. They deserve it. And with 27 degrees coming this week, I I'm know. thinking to myself, it's actually going to be okay because I haven't planted prima donna things. I'm looking for tougher Tough things. plants. So mm-hmm. If they don't survive 27, they're, they're just not going not to make, gonna it. make it. It's just that we're jumping up from where we are, you know, today mm. to a 20, 27 during the week. It's going to be, you know, the almost a 10 degree jump. The moisture is in the soil. Yeah. Yeah, this all helps. Yes, mm. but uh, as it stands, obviously we ha- I haven't got my retook on as yet. No. They're not not necessary. Yeah, so I know I've been doing a bit of impulsive behaviour. I need an intervention. Yeah, I was thinking the same uh. thing. Like I wondered if we should perhaps but pity, get pity a... the person that tried. Well, <laughs> what about a psychologist? Like, Something. what is it? Mm. I mean, you and I are probably a bit different. Like, 
we leave here and we say, well, this is our homework. This is what we do. We yeah. need to trial plants. We need to well, this is true. <laughs> work on them at home so we can talk about them. Yeah, and sometimes I do buy something and think, well, you may or may not survive and it's worth the gamble and, you know, pop it in the ground or whatever and just see. And then we can report on things back to listeners uh, as well uh, in, in the name of research. Now, We've got it all worked out. I'm looking for an answer and I wonder if any of our listeners can help me out. So I recently got a whole heap of statues, so I'm working out where to put them in the garden. Yeah. I found two pedestals and two pots. They're cream in colour. So I've positioned them at the base of an arbour. So Mm, either side, I've got agapanthus that wrap around the driveway, Pierre de Ronsard, on the arbour. So and that's then, very cottagey. Mm-hmm. And it leads through to raised limestone, hydrangeas mm-hmm. uh, bordering the house. And I thought they were seduction roses on the left. I, I need to check that. And a standard rose in the middle of a raised limestone bed. So a little bit rosy. Pastel pinks is a bit of the theme. The, there are, of course, towering gum trees over the top yeah. and the Prunus cerasifera nigra, which has got its little mm. pink flower petals Happening. and snowing at the moment. So I'm looking for something light. But this is not exactly near a hose, so it will get intermittent water. What can I put in those pots that is not going to be... Too water hungry. Gives you a pale pink flower. Mm. Maybe a thriller, a filler and a spiller. Maybe, mm. But the pots are not very big. So it's something tough and hardy that's forgiving. Mm. Pink flowers would be nice. Yeah. All right. We put it out to the listeners. Mm. Maybe someone can come up with an idea. Someone will have something in their garden that so just powers away. Yeah. yeah. I know actually I have got crassulas around my shade house yeah. very succulent and their little pink star flowers are just stunning so mm. you know something like that would work would suffice yeah but they probably won't be in flower in november and of course mm. october november is the time where you need the flowering yeah so yeah. we've got our we've got to start organizing a date for our afternoon tea yes. with our listeners yes i was thinking um, about that as well, driving so, here. So I'm so, plugging away with all lot, my tasks, lots of getting ready, and it's over. starting to come. All right. So let's tackle a few emails because we got quite a few coming during mm. the week, didn't we? We did. So this one came from Marilyn, and she'd like to know with the name of a plant. She can't find it on the web. It's, it is a gorgeous little... It is. Um, all oh, these might... That might work in my pots, if right? Can, if you can work, find out what it is. <laughs> well... Them. It has got the flower that reminds me of crown of thorns, but I can't see the stems and I can't see if they're spiky. And the foliage looks a little bit burgundy, but it it's very leafy. It also has uh, the flowers on stems like a begonia would, but I, it looks to me like euphorbia. So I actually messaged Bob Hunter and the one that we looked up on the net ray he he thought it was uh, possibly a variety. He said it looks like one of the cultivars of Euphorbia millii, crown of thorns. Okay. Some have very thick stems and bigger leaves. So, John, this is just a beautiful Specimen. plant. Yes, we love I'll, it. I would love to know where they might be available. So mm. they certainly 
you know, they'll tolerate full sun, dry conditions, neglect, and yeah, that's what I need in those pots. Something that's almost plastic will just yeah, sit and look yeah, good. Yeah. Mm. I hear you. Okay. So there we go. That's that one. Uh, Johanna has sent in, I'm wondering if this is a red slime mould. It's growing in between pavers on my patio, which seems strange. And Faye, I'd never notice or wondered before. So I think you're making me notice more with your chats about these. <laughs> That's good. I like to hear that. Uh, it, it possibly could be. Um, something may have been spilt on the patio because slime mould eats bacteria. It looks like red-orange peel. Mm. Do, maybe just try lifting it, Johanna, uh, and see if it isn't a dried, dehydrated orange peel. But it possibly could be slime mould. And if it is, keep going out and checking on it. Take a magnifying glass with you mm. and look for the fruiting bodies because it will change. So it'll change colour mm. and the details of the surface will change. So I challenge you to, to have a look. Mm, okay. Thank you. And uh, Peter of Bennett Springs phoned in and he knows of a wonderful gutter cleaner. Cannot speak highly enough of the job that this person did. Vacuum the gutters, put silicone on three broken tiles. We love that. Uh, it's a great little family business. So if listeners are interested, we do have the number here. I will get the number, Bev, because uh, our, our gutters need doing. Uh, for sure. And someone that just takes a little bit of extra care and doesn't uh, climbing up on your roof and, and look well, watches your plants where when they... you have had people come into your place to do these jobs. And as I was saying, like window cleaners, and they can do so much damage because I just trample, stamp all over everything. Well, everyone doesn't, doesn't know. you know, have the same respect for my garden as what I do. But yeah. anybody working on my property, Ray, gets the rundown. And, you know, I probably appear yeah. quite pedantic. But I'm very uh, sensitive about my grass trees, and yeah, we have lost lost them because they've been bumped by a truck that's reversing. It's not fair. Or, no, it's yeah. not. You can't replace it, and it makes me so cross because I care so much about the effort I put in, the time it's taken to get there, and it can all be wiped out in the blink of an blink eye. Blink of an eye, I agree. Okay, and of course, today's gardening show is sponsored by DeSacco Mulch. Make your garden grow with DeSacco Mulch, available at all leading garden centres. We're going to have a little break, and when we return, we're chatting with Kay. Garden Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. And we're going to say good morning to Kay in Port Kennedy. Good morning, Kay. How are you going? Good morning, Ray and Faye. And I know how you feel, Faye. I'm a very careful yeah. person in my garden and I hate it when people do things and they break them. So I, my heart goes out to you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm ringing about fruit tr my fruit tree. Can you um, 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 manure them now? Absolutely. Now is okay. a great time with that bit of rain around. Yep, perfect okay. time to layer them and don't forget to mulch on top. Yep, okay. Nice to hear you. And I did text about your lovely garden. I did see. Thank you, Kay. You're welcome. You have a good day, Faye and Ray, and thanks very much. Okay, good bye, on you. Kay. Yeah, bye. Cheers for now. All right. And we also 
crossing to Fiona. I hope I'm saying this right, Arisen or Arisen. We'll get that clarified when I chat with Fiona from the Perth Mobile Nursery. Fiona, you're with Ray and Faye. How do we pronounce your surname? My surname is pronounced as Arisen. Arisen, okay. Yes. Got it. Okay. Thank you for that. Now, tell us about the Perth Mobile Nursery. What's so unique about the service that you provide? Well, we... um, uh, we we obviously passionate about putting trees back into the planet, so we would encourage Perthians to be the tree champion. So instead of just planting any trees, we want to help Perthians to convert their backyard into an edible. So planting fruit trees is makes sense. So what sort of fruit trees do you plant? We we have a lots of fruit trees. Um, Mango trees. Uh, we also have tropical, such as um, lychee or longan, um, tropical fruit trees, um, papaya, moringa tree. Um, people these days are getting to know about moringa uh, quite a lot. So, uh, uh, tell, get... can you tell listeners about moringa because it it's known as the miracle tree, isn't it? Correct. Correct. I mean. Me personally, we grew up with moringa. We once a week we eat moringa leaves together with the drumstick, uh, the fruit of a moringa. We call it drumstick. So, and we use them a lot on our curries. Um, it has a lot of um, medicinal um, component into the leaves. Um, so, I think right now we get a lot of inquiries from Australians that um, slowly getting to know the benefits of having moringa trees. And, um, yes, so that's one of them that we thrive on. Do they grow easily in Perth, Fiona? It is a bit of a struggle in winter, but once it takes off, it will um, grow. So we encourage people to grow from the stump grown, not from the seed, because the stump grown in winter, it will go into dormancy just like fig, but it will take off straight away uh, Mm. when it comes um, hot weather. And you get to harvest. I mean, you one tree is enough for a family, plenty. And you can use the leaves um, even in your drinks or mainly in the cooking. If you're making crack curries, you can just throw the leaves and the drumstick um, together. So, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Mm. And we all know how important soil preparation is. So you have a service where you can actually plant the plant for people. Yeah, we like yeah. that. Correct. So what the idea came about is when we started the business, we deliver fruit trees and we see the trees are sitting in the customer's garage. So that's where the idea came about. There's a lot of people out there, they like to plant, but they haven't got the ability to be able to dig the ground and put that's it. So correct. That's correct. Absolutely. Definitely, yes. you know, with a lot of our listeners and people that are just on their own, they just physically can't do correct. it. Correct. Um, and some, we are just too busy. I'm from a corporate background and I used to work in a, a, one of the big bank. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I go to work, come back. Not that I don't like fruit trees, but no one has knocked on my door and say, here's the fruit tree and I can help you to plant it. If only someone have said that to me about 10, 15 years ago. It would have been great. <laughs> it would be fantastic, mm-hmm. you know. So that's how the idea came about. And we, we don't charge a lot for the additional service that we offer. If you buy fruit trees from us, you have this planting service. And also we find that a lot of soil are sandy. So mm-hmm. we actually help them, you know, if they if they like to do it themselves, that's fantastic. 
But if they can't, they need help, then there's a service that we offer. And this is a new revolution to the nursery industry. No nursery provides this kind of service. And yeah. our mission is actually genuinely we want the Perthians to convert their backyard. We want to help you. We want to show you how we can do it. If you can't do it, don't worry. We can ha- we can do it for you. Um, and I think that's how it started, you know, started as a s- selling the fruit trees, but uh, there's more to it, you know, putting trees in the backyard. I mean, they say charity begins at home. You know, our contribution to environment begins at home. Um, you know, so each and every one of us can play our part by reducing the carbon emission by growing fruit trees. You know, and one of the ideas that we find was interesting is, you know, when when someone passes away or when a when a pet passes away, they plant a tree. But actually, a birth of a child is a good idea. You know, when someone gives birth, have a baby, why not we give them a fruit tree? Um, you know, and watch the tree grow together. Love that idea. Ray, I'm saying I've got permission to plant five more fruit trees. Yeah, for your, each of your grandkids. Yeah, Faye's just really excited. You've just given her another idea, Fiona. That's right. She yeah. needed more yeah. ideas and more fruit trees. That's exactly right. You know, I have a four, four-year-old and she gets so excited to see the baby pineapple, you know, mm. and uh, um, she's so excited to touch the banana and I can see so much joy that brings into her life. And um, is Fiona, is it just fruit trees? At the moment, just fruit trees. Okay. But we, mm-hmm. Occasionally we have um, the Indian jasmine, which is very rare. Um, so that's a good, that's a popular one. So uh, we are trying to put in um, the rare ones on board, which is not fruit trees, but ideally is edible, anything that is edible. Got you. Okay, that's your mission. Yes. I yeah. can see this as a, a, a great idea as a gift when you want to give a gift to someone. Yeah, you know, I we, so we give a tree or a plant. But yeah. If it could actually be planted as well, well, just, yeah. And better than sending people an arrangement of flowers. Yes, and particularly at this time, we know the price of fruit is going up, the cost of food miles, you go to the shop, you buy it. Let's eat in season. Let's look after ourselves. Victory gardening. (laughs) Grow your own food forest. That's right. And we do offer, um, if you're giving us a gift, our customers usually tell us this is a gift for someone and we put a bowl for free and a message on a card for free. Oh, that's beautiful, Fiona. It sounds like you're on to a winner. Thank Absolutely. you. And so if people would like to learn more, they can go to perthmobilenursery.com.au. That's an easy one. That's right. And you, co- and you cover off the whole metro area, I take it? That's right. From north to south at the moment, we are covering it right up to Mandura. Okay. Well, it's a fabulous, innovative idea. We love it and uh, we wish you luck. Fiona, yep. just, very much. just one more question. Do yes, you sure. offer ongoing service? So for fertilising or oh, yeah. troubleshooting yeah. As, uh, as time goes on? Well, uh, one of these days we, were talk- we talked about providing a membership 
where a customer can buy membership, but it's just that we haven't been able to get that going yet. Uh, usually our customers do come back to us because we communicate with our customers on a regular basis. You know, if they want a pruning done, um, you know, if they want fertilizer, so we schedule somebody out there. Um, yes, yeah, so we do offer more than just what you can yeah. see on the website um, just by communicating with us. And do you provide care instructions with the plants? Uh, we do troubleshoot with customers. The customer sometimes takes a photo and send it to us. Okay, this is wrong. What's wrong with our, my avocado tree? And majority of the time is not enough water. So we always tell them, hand water them, not just depending on the reticulation, you know, especially when the root hasn't grown yet, hasn't yeah. picked up um, the water. So we need to give them a puddle of water um, you know, and 90% of the time is actually the, the issue is lack of water. And I see that in my uncle's garden as well. Um, and I go in there and I water it for him. I said, not enough water. Mm. So I think that is the biggest challenge at the moment, customer not understanding. But, and certainly but yes, yes, when you're establishing. Yeah. Correct. So I, I know it's different for all trees, but what, mm. in your opinion, is the best watering regime? Is it? going to be reticulation or hand watering and given that we're restricted to two days a week irrigation what what would you recommend to people establishing a fruit tree we will say hand water them Um, then you have a bit more control over it Um, especially when it's new once it's already established then you don't need to worry about it you can wait depend on the reticulation that's more than sufficient but we find that when when there's a mulch on top of the garden bed and the reticulation's water is only touches the mulch it doesn't really go in deep in and when you go and dig the soil you can see it's very sandy and the water hasn't penetrated enough so as long as you make sure when you plant it at the beginning you uh, make sure the plant gets enough water initially, that is sufficient. Once it takes off, you don't need to worry about it. Reticulation is, is enough for them. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay. No, it's really nice for you to explain what you do, Fiona, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there as antennas have gone up. So Fiona Arison from the Perth Mobile Nursery. .com.au. Good on you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Fiona. Cheers. Cheers for that. Bye. Interesting and Mm. innovative, isn't it? And I think be of uh, a lot of benefit to a lot of people. Well, it's joining two things together, isn't it? So there's landscapers and gardeners out there. But this is, yeah, particularly about fruit trees. And yes, we do plant for different reasons, don't we? We often give a gift of a plant uh, for happy times, but also in sad times. And this is true. Getting it into the ground is a whole um, different story. And mm. then the care, aftercare. Yes, yeah. knowing yeah, it's all what good to and do. well plonking something into the ground. And got to know, you know what you're doing. There's, there's something about hand watering, Ray. You you would know that. And uh-huh. to actually stand there, oh, mm. I think it's therapeutic. It is. Yeah, very mm. meditational. <laughs> I agree. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. Okay, drum roll. Save up to seventy percent at the Parry's Spring Has Sprung sale. New stock has arrived. Massive savings store wide. 
all stock on Perry's carpets, timbers, vinyls, hybrid, laminate, vinyl planks and remnants must be cleared. With free installation and free underlay, you can count on Perry's T's and C's apply. Download their new Bella Spring magazine at perryscarpets.com.au. Open seven days across five convenient locations. Station sponsor. Okay, we can carry on. Got an email in front of you, I see. I do have a few emails in front of me. This is coming from Michelle and it's about tomatoes. So certainly, Ray, it is time to get your tomatoes yes. cranking. Yes. So, so many different types uh, out there and for pots or in the garden. So she says she has a fantastic tomato plant that keeps on growing up and out, approximately seven foot tall and three foot wide. Very healthy. We feed it and pull off the, the V branch shoots. Our problem is the l large plentiful fruit are all very flowery. How can we remedy this? Well, mm, Michelle, fruit. I, I would mm. go back to what variety it is. Yeah. That may be a bearing. But also I think you'll find that the temperatures haven't been perhaps conducive to develop the best flavours. Generally for growing tomatoes, because we tend to do it at this time of year, this this plant is very, very well established. Um, it, it would be taller than us, Ray. Oh, it goes up so past the roof of the pergola. I suspect it hasn't had enough days over 20 Sunlight. to develop mm, yeah. the flavour. I can see the fruit on it. Mm. Sunlight. But now this is a what is known as an indeterminate variety, which means it will just keep growing. The determinate varieties get up, they fruit and have all their fruit at once. These ones keep on giving. So you keep feeding it and training it. These are the types that they might grow in hydroponic hothouses. And so the end of the vine keeps growing. And what they do, they lay the trunk down and train it up along strings so it's always at the right picking height and the the branches or the stems can yeah. actually be two meters along the ground before they go up they right. just keep growing so they just keep moving them along and it's not in relation to has that self-sown this one well that's the thing you see Don't i'd mean. like to know the history uh where where has it come from mm. it's a cracker of a plant sure is. um you know, fertilizer will play a part in it. Potassium can help flavor fruit. But remember also, there are so many different varieties. Some of the ones we get in the shop, are uh, they're all picked often before they're fully ripe, which is mm. why homegrown tomato is much nicer and has more flavor. Oh, yes. They're, the ones in the shop also may be firmer. They mm. don't bruise as easily. Yeah. They may be compromising the flavour for packaging. Definitely. Uh, but there are tomatoes grown for sandwiches. Mortgage Lifter and Gross Lease are two fantastic mm. fleshy tomato sandwiches. Uh, and then you've got varieties like Amish Paste, which is good for perhaps a passata if you're looking at bottling your own nice tomato sauces. sauce. And then, yeah. of course, there are the cherry tomatoes and the small I little adore, pear tomatoes. I think they're really easy and they're mm. just so sweet and lovely. And great in salads. Cut them Fantastic. in half and slip them in. Yeah. Great to eat just off the bush. So, mm. yeah, definitely tomato time. And you can get fertilisers. 
particularly for growing tomatoes. That's what it says on the bag. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't, as you know, I don't grow veggies. I, I grow flowers mm. and plants, but I think I might lash out and get uh, a couple of tomato plants. It's been on my mind. Now's the, the and, time. And you could uh, go along with the thriller, filler and spiller, because I imagine you're probably not going to put it in the garden. No. You'll probably put it in a pot. I probably so will. So mm. your, your thriller might be the tomato mm. and then basil because that's that would a good be nice. companion plant. Yes. And the blue-banded bees are what will come in to pollinate your tomatoes. So something with blue flowers or maybe even chives mm -hmm. because those three would go together. Actually, I feel a bruschetta coming, coming on. Coming on, coming on, mm. absolutely. And I mean, with the public holiday that we had on Thursday, uh, everybody, the, the nurseries were heaving, absolutely mm. heaving. And they, I think they are at this time of the year just anyway. Well, it was mm. so sudden that this, they sprung that day on us. on us. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare for businesses. Well, some businesses have done very well out of it because people were out and about spending money. Depends on the business. Well, very short notice very to rearrange short. staff, to yeah. pay extra to staff. Yeah, very difficult. To pay another public holiday. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have gone, taken the Thursday, and because we've got a public holiday on mm. Monday, they've taken the full five days. Mm. A lot of people. and But I dare say they're floating about. And uh, as I say, the nurseries were busy. We went up to Les Murdy Falls on Thursday, and every man and his dog was there. It was just, it was beautiful, but it was just too busy, mm. you know. And I think you'll find that places like Kings Park, I can imagine that's just got um, people everywhere. And uh, and why not? But uh, yeah, you've got to pick your pick your mark where go you go early. on what day. Yeah, yeah, and yeah as well. well. It's school holidays it's, now too. This is another so that's another element. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So everything is busy around. I don't know, nature, gardening, I, mm. I like it, I like it. Okay, we talk too much, 94841927, back shortly. Curtain Radio in this is Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain FM, you're with Ray and Faye. So, Ray, the emails just keep coming, which is fantastic, and with photos, and I really love this one from Sarah. She has sent in a photo of her lemon tree and she says she's in Gooseberry Hill. The tree is about eight years old. It is mulched and has recently had a layer of sheep poo but kept both away from the trunk. The ground is damp but the lemon tree has been in this position since planting and this is the first year she's had a problem. She spotted aphid, aphids on the lemon tree about 12 days ago. Mm. But because she was listening to me and I asked people to wait, she decided to leave the aphids and to wait and see what predators arrive. The tree is definitely stressed, is still infested with aphids. The leaves are yellow and some appear to be curling. But she's been watching for predators and yesterday she saw two ladybirds and a hoverfly. And the fruit... Uh, it has fruit and flowers on it. The question is, should I still leave it or should I do something as I don't want to lose the tree? Multiple problems going on. So uh, citrus trees do get hungry. They're gross feeders. Coming out of winter, it's probably quite normal for them to perhaps be a bit yellow if they're hungry and if it's been very wet for them. Manure does not tend to be a, a wonderful fertilizer. No. It helps improve the soil 
and it will increase microbial activity. And under a layer of mulch, that's fantastic. But don't forget about providing a fertilizer that's got all the trace elements. So something MPK, um, Osmocote, Traforte, something that's got all the main elements and lots of trace elements designed for flowering and fruiting plants. It will be a matter of time before the weather is a bit warmer and the tree actually starts to green up in the leaves. So it, it could be an iron deficiency that will depend on the pH in the soil. But I'd start with that complete fertiliser and I'm sure I say every week. So to everyone out there with fruit trees, now is the time to give them... A this complete fertiliser. As far as the aphid goes, um, great news that those predators have come in. If you're worried about the number of aphids, just hose them. Just give them a squirt with a hose. Some will come off, but you won't be harming the predators. You will also get parasitic wasps that take over, lady, uh, take over the aphids, and that is another good sign. the The hoverflies will also be laying their eggs mm. and they will drop to the soil and there will be a day that comes and the hoverflies will just burst out Everywhere. all across Perth. Mm. So, yeah, that's why we don't need to use sprays in our garden. Mm. I've, Look noticed after a, the good yeah, I've noticed a lot of aphids on my roses mm. because I, I cut my roses, I pruned them quite late in August. Yep. So the new growth's just coming through now and I've spotted my little aphid friends visiting but yeah i haven't done yeah. i've obviously just left things for the time being that's it and with the warm warmer weather like the food source has to be there before the good guys can come in mm. but if we go and poison the aphids then duh, you won't see ladybirds yeah. um and the the little birds around too mm. they're coming in and they're they're feasting because they need to feed their young ones in the nest too mm. Mm. and that's all bird food yeah Good stuff. All right, let's go to June Dana. Mary, good morning. Oh, good morning. Um, yeah, I've got a lemon tree also, and I've noticed all this, um, and I've cut off all this citrus wasp. Um, I did that on Tuesday. Um, so I've got two questions. Firstly, I've cut it off. I put it in a black plastic bag, which I've had for I've had a number of these bags hanging around. I'm not buying plastic. <clears throat> I've triple bagged it in these black plastic. They're not thick plastic. They're, uh, and I'm wondering what to do now. Okay, so those black bags just mm. put somewhere out in the garden in the sun and just leave them for two or three weeks. Oh, right. And oh, okay, just in the garden. They yep. won't, it won't damage anything else. In the garden. No, because the bags, I assume, are sealed and that solarises them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, that's all. And the other thing about that also is that the, the lemon tree has got um, dead boughs on it. Um, and now I'm wondering, has the, has the wasp affected that? Has the wasp made those boughs, branches, um, Do you mean uh, the, die? the swellings? No, I mean, has yeah, the swellings, I guess, because that's the, where the wasp is, yes. Would they have made the the branches die or have they just died they, anyway? Well, I suspect they can do because when the, the citrus gall wasp gets mm -hmm. into the stem, 
the tree then mm. responds by by swelling uh, and the wasp uh-huh. grows inside. So it compromises yeah. any nutrient flow to the end of that stem. Ah, uh, right. So okay. cut back past that. You're, yeah. you're cleaning up the, the tree, but you're also removing the gall. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mary. Okay. Bye. Bye, bye. for now. Okay, and um, I can see free lines, 94841927. Our rainfall uh, so far for September is 77 mils. Now, the average is 87, but we certainly have surpassed last year's rainfall of 62.2. We've had a good, decent drop this September, haven't we? Mm, we have. It's been uh, lovely. And the rain's overnight. You know, yeah. when you get those fine sunny days, the the gardens That's, are just singing, aren't yeah, they? Very much so, yeah. And the, and the, everything's putting on a lot of growth as well. So mm. we, you know, there's still cold mornings, uh, and it's there's been it's been a bit brisk, bit fresh. It was even fresh this morning. Oh, I thought a couple of I was yeah. out there seven o'clock the yeah. other morning, and it was too cold to start on the gutters. I had to wait an hour. Yeah, let things warm up mm. a little bit. But everything's throwing on growth, and it's you know we have longer days of light and. Everything is is moving along. The garden is telling us mm. it is spring. Oh, it's Even a wonderful time it. to to check on all your pots, mm. to remove any weeds because the weeds are mm. still going nuts, and to give them some fertilizer. If you can't do anything else, just give them a teaspoon of slow release fertilizer, and pop them out in the rain, and they will they will respond. And even you know, the bromeliads, they've got dead tips or, yeah. you know, the older one has died. So go through it and clean them up. And it's amazing how an hour... Just of sprucing. Can, yes. Yeah, and, then, and loving. Then you you find your your uh, your sweeping and you're organising and you're rearranging and... <laughs> <laughs> one thing leads to another. Uh, well, we Ray, one day I walked out outside the back door and I looked to the left and I looked to the right and I looked ahead and I went, oh my goodness, this is such a mess and I don't see it every day. You know, mm. the hot spots, the dropping zones at the back door. So I've started working on clearing that pathway to see how far I can get without things needing to be done. Mm. Oh, mm. I don't know how everyone else manages. Some <laughs> days it's just, yeah, 11 you hour could, days. You could have too many plants. <laughs> Wash my mouth I, out with soap. <laughs> I actually, I know that, and yeah. and we have ordered the swivels ah. because well, I you want to explain what the swivels are. Well, the Listeners swivels don't know what you're yeah. talking about. The swivels will go on the hanging basket hooks, mm. uh, t- so that the plants can be rotated. So I've got baskets of ferns, and I've probably got about seventy ripsalis baskets that are all going to have to be moved. Before we paint the pergola. Mm, that's another huge I know, chore. and there's nowhere to move them to. Mm, so mm. anyway, watch this space. <laughs> and speaking, um, Dr. Daryl Hardy, who was in the studio with us last week, he's going to be on the spring version of Garden Gurus starting. He's got a weekly segment coming oh. up on Garden Gurus, which so, yeah. 
tune in awesome. for that. With, um, he kept that very quiet, I must yeah. admit, cheeky thing. Good on him, but if you want to check him out, yeah. And uh, his information, Garden Gurus. I'm not sure when they actually kick off. I have to, I have to double check that, but I know he's going to be on each episode in the spring version. So, oh, yeah. Now, we're going to take to a, a quick break when we return. We are chatting with Kathy about some rose problems. Radio. Straight back out to the lines, we are visiting Bullsbrook. Kathy, good morning. Good morning. How are you both? Very really good, well. thanks, Kathy. Thank How you. can we help Thank you? Thank you for your program. I do enjoy it very much. Uh, my you. problem is I have a rose. I pruned it. It was coming on nicely with new shoots. Then the skin or the bark of the rose started turning black. Some of the new shoots are dying. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I noticed there was something there, but I couldn't see what it was. It left a silver, like a silver cobweb on the rose, so I kept spraying it with natural stuff. And in the soil, at this time, in the soil around the plant, it was as if a glue was there amongst the sand, and I had to break it up. Mm, I wonder if that um, is like an... Actually, from the rose. Uh, well, I've had it in my, some of the pot plants as well. This it looks like a silvery-coloured cobweb. Not spider mite. Spider mite's well, one option. Mm. Um, can you send photos, Kathy? I mean, the black. Mm. You know, I wonder if that's like a sooty mould. The other thing, and I don't think it is that. But scale can get onto roses and you can look at the plant and not be aware of any of it until you do a second look. You know how I talk about having a look and then looking closer? Mm. Like even go in with a magnifying glass. Sometimes scale, you know, the tiny dots, they're quite flat and it, it can go unnoticed. So if there's scale, you might get ants after that. Uh that can cause honeydew and then you you might get the black sooty mould. The webbing... Well, there's nothing on it. Like I run my finger along it and I can't feel anything at all. Mm. But the black, is it... It's not on the top, it's just the... It's blotchy. In... It's not continuous. It, it's blotchy. On the stem. Mm. Okay. Are you able to send us a photo, Kathy? I will do. I've got that done for you, yes. And I'll send it to your phone number. Um, if you can, can send it to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Can you email it? Gardening at curtainfm at... Dot, what was after that, please? Gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Oh, gardening at curtainfm.com. Dot A-U. Dot A-U, okay. And the curtain does not, is spelt C-U-R-T-I-N. Yes, yeah, that's right. What does the general health of the bush look like? Well, at the moment, it's got some nice new growth because I pruned it and gave it some fertiliser and it's coming on nicely. Mm, Okay. Um, All right. Well, I'll wait and have a look at this photo. Uh, it's, It's a bit of a mystery at this point. But yeah, well, I've never seen it before. No, okay. Well, hopefully there's not another rose problem out there. Well, I have, this is at the side of the house. I have two at the front, 
Papa Malone, and they are coming on really nicely. Mm. They haven't got this complaint. But yes, this um, did you say it was like a gel coming out of the soil? No, no, not coming out of the soil. It was sitting on the soil, but it was like a glue. Mm. It stuck the soil, the grains of the sand together. Mm. And it was around the stem of the plant, and then I would get a stick or something and break it all up. Clear? Was it clear? Well, I, yes, yes. Right, okay. I'm, I'm just trying to rule out slime mould. Um, and they're in the ground, Cathy? Not in well, pots. This, this glue thing was sitting on the soil on the top of the sand, but that's all. I, I couldn't see it. But when I was gardening, then I don't, when I was sort of scratching around, then I saw it. Mm, all right. Well, we'll have a look at the photo and see what we can come up with. Good. All right, then. All right. Thank Thanks, Cathy. Cheers. Thank Bye-bye. Bye. Bye for now. And we'll be heading to the news at 9am, which is less than a minute away. Can we squeeze a... We sure can. Kerry has sent us in a beautiful photo of Kent Tranthus. And they're a gorgeous, stunning pink or reddish um, cottage garden plant. She bought a spindly seedling last year and it was the only one left. It flowered last last year and in May had masses of seedlings around it which she'd started to spread around the garden keen to buy some other colours particularly red mm, that could potentially do well in a pot too Ray mm. beautiful and they, they flower for a long time and I love plants that self sow although unfortunately in my garden because of the gum leaves they don't I have to save the seed and replant Oh, my word. Mm. You've got your work cut out for you, I don't know. you? Well, I have to scoop off layers of gum leaves before I do anything, do any planting. Mm. But this, this time of the year, like I've been doing that, had been doing it for months, but now I've got a clean slate and I've got my sheet manure. I'm ready to go. Ready to roll. <laughs> All right, everyone. It's 9 a.m. Right now it's 14.2 degrees. We are heading for a maximum of 18. Shower or two is forecast, partly cloudy. And overnight you can expect a chilly minimum of six with a lovely maximum tomorrow of 19, partly cloudy. And for Monday the maximum will be 22, mostly sunny. And then, hey, Tuesday and Wednesday we're jumping up to 25 and 27 and another 27 on Thursday. Oh, and Friday. So, yes, spring has arrived so it'd be great to use this weekend to do a lot of gardening and then sit back and enjoy yeah lovely can't wait yeah no Ooh, Everyone, everyone's excited <laughs> yeah rubbing their hands together and uh shortly we'll be chatting with penny morgan discussing felicity's open garden coming up first and second of october and this garden is situated in gijigana and then we're in joondalup philip good morning Morning, Philip. Good morning. How are you? Very good, thank you. How thank can you we help you? Thank you for the show. It's a great show to listen every week. Oh, thank you. You can help me with aphids on my roses. Okay. How long have they been there? Oh, I would say a couple of weeks now. Okay. I have been spraying for uh, chili thrip every two to three weeks. Um, I've also tried for the aphids the white oil. I've sprayed with white oil two or three times. 
I've also tried spraying them off with the hose. I've done that twice. Um, but, but it just seems the next day they're back again. And I don't know where to go now. All right. Are you showing your roses, Philip? No. No? Okay. Um, I, I don't mind aphids in my garden. Uh, and, and like you say, you spray them and they come back. So they're coming back for the new shoots. If you were, for example, not to spray, you'll find, uh, like the, the other lady that called in this morning, or no, wrote us an email, she's now got ladybirds and hoverflies in the garden. And parasitic wasps can also come in and lay an egg in their aphid. And what then happens is the wasp develops inside the aphid and then escapes and emerges out the back end, rendering the aphid useless. So they're also food for birds. Um, You could just go out and hose them off with a jet of water. And like you say, some will come back, but they're coming back anyway. So most of the time they don't do a great deal of damage. Okay. Me spraying for the chili strip, is that killing off the um, predators as well? Yes, most likely. Okay. It's, it is a catch-22. Um, so, you know, the biggest problem here probably is, possibly for you, is warding off the chili thrips. Yes. But their cycle doesn't get going, we, we believe, until the weather warms up. So that jet of water actually helps. So you can be hopefully killing two birds with one stone. By shooting off the aphids with just water, you're putting water around the plants, which is changing the environment because the chili thrips like a dry environment. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll spray them off again today and then we'll leave them and see how we go. With water? With water, yes. Do it Do it daily. Like even, it yeah. doesn't have to be a hose, just with a, a water bottle. Go out there and, and mist around the new shoots. Just mist around, you think? That will help ward okay. off chilli thrips. Well, I, well, yes, that'll ward off chilli thrips, but I uh, want to get rid of the aphid. It's okay. And the chilli thrip, I'll need really to get onto that when it warms up. That That's what research tells us, yes. Okay, thank you very much. All right, good luck, Philip. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. Bye, Philip. Okay, and now we're crossing to Penny Morgan. We're talking about their garden called Felicity's Garden, which is going to be open uh, in Gidgigana 1st and 2nd of October, which is certainly just around the corner. Penny, hi, you're with Ray and Faye. Morning, Penny. Morning, Ray. How are you? Oh, your your phone line is a little bit crackly. Oh, I can hear you perfectly. Gosh, I'll try moving. And can you hear me better? It's there's interference on the line. Yeah, from this end. I wonder if we should try oh. again. Yeah, how about uh, we hang up from your panty and we'll get Bev to give you a ring straight back and see if we can clear the line. Okay, because you're as clear as a bell this end. Yeah, okay. So, all right, we'll try that and see if Bev will call you back. Thanks, Penny.
We just do that so for ease of of mm, listening. For it wasn't us. a good line. No, no, it wasn't. So bear with us, everybody. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting to talk about this garden. Uh, it has a hobbit house. Olive grove, uh, cottage plants, rustic farm machinery, gin tasting, and wisteria covered walkways. Well, the wisterias are just out in form at the moment and continuing, and they are just breathtaking and the fragrance as well. The flowers for one of the recent open garden events came from Penny's Garden. They had a slow food event in the Swan Valley, and there were many, many uh, flowers from her garden. So it's just full of flowers. Oh, beautiful. Okay, let's try it again. Are you there, Penny? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. There's no clicking can this time, it? but yeah. That's better. Good. Oh, lovely to talk to you, Penny. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day because I guess you're a little bit busy getting ready for next weekend's open garden event. Weeding, weeding and more weeding, yes. <laughs> yeah, we can imagine. How big is your garden, Felicity? Penny. Penny, sorry. Um, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm reading my notes in front of me. Mm. <laughs> That's all right. Felicity is my daughter. We named the uh, Olive Grove after her. We planted trees when she was born. So uh, the names get mixed up quite often. Ah, oh, so tell us the a bit about. Is... Hmm. Tell us a sorry. bit about your garden. Right. Okay. It it is going to be um, a couple of acres, my husband tells me, but it's not all garden. There's a lot of features. He's been busy building me concrete walls and pathways. Um, the garden is not a set style. We've built it over many years and added bits here and added bits there. So you'll find a lot of Australian natives mixed with Mediterranean um, a cactus garden with a bit of a Mexican look. And I think one of the features that most people like to look at when they come here is the Hobbit House, which yeah. we put in about 10 years ago. Tell us mm. about that. Okay. Well, when we bought the house, it had a below-ground concrete swimming pool, which was in the wrong place, and we wanted to extend the house. So we pulled the concrete swimming pool out, and my husband cut it in half and lifted it out with the idea of making a cave. And we buried it in the back of the garden and he decided it needed a cover and a door over it. And I said, well, it has to have a round door, obviously, because it's got to look like a hobbit house. So we've put that in, put a wall, concrete wall on the front with a little round door and round windows. Mm -hmm. So it is big enough to walk in and the children love to go up there and play in that. And it's got its own little garden around it. Very cute. And so in the actual making of your gardens, you were saying you've added bits over time. How much time are we talking here from, you know, the beginning of the establishment? Okay, we moved here 30 years ago, but both of us were working away from the farm. Yeah. And so very little happened. Probably the most work has been done in the last 10 to 15 years. Okay. And uh, I think I'm nearly at the edge of the boundary now, but there's always room to push it out a little bit more, I think. For sure. And mm -hmm. is this the first time you've opened it, Penny? It is as an open garden, yes. We have quite a few community functions here. We've oh. got one tonight, actually. We've got the local church coming for a fundraising dinner. But, oh, lovely. Um, first time in open gardens. I'm really looking forward to it because I've worked as a member of working on the 
gates of a lot of gardens and always thought I could never open mine. Their gardens are so pristine and perfect. I hope people who come here don't expect that. It's a little bit of a wilderness. It, we run the blurred line between paddock and garden, so yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. And what sort of cottage plants have you got? We've got um, mostly salvias, which I'm finding are oh. extremely hardy. Yes, my favourite. Yeah, they go well. And um, I buy them from a lady called Denise, and she's going to be ah, yes, we know. here on, yes. the, on the Saturday. And we've got lucodanthums, uh, alliogynes, yeah. uh, and a few trees in between. I've got a lot of... Um, Ornamental fruit trees, the flowering prunus, the pears, and Tim Eva will be here doing a talk about those and telling people the best way to select them and yeah, very nice to plant them. Mm. And you've got an olive grove, I read. We have. Um, that was put in about 26 years ago, the year my daughter was born, and uh, it's uh, 1,400 trees. Oh, I see. Um, and that's. So if people want a little bit of a longer walk, they're more than welcome to wander up the paddock and walk through the olive groves. They're just coming into bud now and looking very healthy. And a bit of gin tasting going on as well? <laughs> uh, yes. Why not? Uh, well, I went to Chelsea a few years ago and I thought that was a very civilised thing to have a gin while you're walking around. Quite right. A local distillery yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I know I lived in Europe for a very short period of my life, Penny, and the garden centres over there are just mind-blowing. You could go and order a glass of champagne and walk oh. around in the in the nurseries with a glass of champagne in your hand, and that is, to me, very civilised. Why don't they do that here? Well, we're a little bit more nannerish, aren't we, in, in Oz? Mm. But, uh, yeah, Europe do it very differently, and I tell you what, it's absolutely magnificent, uh, what their, their garden centres and the way they're just set up why not and how's your wisteria looking is it in full flower penny it is just bursting out now so we've oh got my word everything's where i'll be sitting up the tables and chairs for people to have their tea and coffee mm. and it's hanging over there and in the older garden we've got a, virtually a whole wall of it and my house guests were just commenting on it this morning how it's just suddenly burst into a wall of purple so it's looking it will be at its best oh my goodness what a great day out so that's next weekend the first and second of october between 10 and 4 and you're located at 613 copley dale road in gijigana Yes, and we will have signs out on the road from 2J Road. Um, Perfect. People can allow an hour from Perth, half an hour from Midland to get here, so we're not really that far out. No, I think it's a great day out. I think I hope a lot of people uh, make the make the trek. It would be a wonderful excuse to get out of the city a little bit. Uh, Penny, we wish you much luck, and uh, no doubt we will be heading up there ourselves, uh, if we can, uh, to have a look and uh, encourage our listeners to get along also. And for further information, people can go to opengardenswa.org to have a little bit of a read and uh, get those address details again. Good luck with it all, Penny. Thank you very much. Lovely to you. Yeah, right. Lovely. See you next weekend. Keep up the good work. Will do. Cheers okay. for that. Bye. Enjoy your morning. You do. Bye. Bye. And there is another open garden next weekend, one day only, uh, in Mandra. I think it's Hall's Head uh, 
on the running sheet, Ray, down the bottom. Okay. Um, well, we've got down There's the... There's two, two gardens, Tom Hogg's... We've got Romancing, Romancing the Stone. Okay. And no, that's the only one I'm seeing here at the moment. Oh, Rosie's Garden. That's it. On the 2nd of October in... Uh, it's not saying where it is. It just says, if we go to Open Gardens WA, it's a 900 square metre cottage garden with plant sales... And, and, and so forth, and that's on the second. It's not saying that it's in Mandra. Right. I will get the Double detail Double check that for everybody. Break. Yep. All right. Mm. And the, the postman came in on the break, Ray. I see that. What did, <laughs> what did, he, what did he deliver? Uh, it's a West Australian Gardener magazine from spring 2005, and this has come from Jasmine, and she says, Dear Faye, so glad you'd like to have this magazine. I didn't want to just throw it out, and I kept this one as it came out when my darling husband passed on. We were addicted to gardening, trees, the bush, and everything wonderful to find there. I had the honour of studying with Eric McCrum at Canning College night classes for quite some years. And you remind me of myself searching for fungi. We need a new WA gardening mag. Keep up the good work, saving the small creatures. Regards, Jasmine. And thank you, Jasmine. That that is a blast from the past. in the WA Gardener magazine of 2005, there's an article of me. It's titled The Obsessive Gardener and it says, Faye Arcaro tells of the dream that she brought to reality in Jandicott. Well, I guess that dream has has changed a bit As in it those does. years. Yeah, I can evolve, see right? one of the gardens that used to be lawn and, I, and that's actually now a deck and pond area, but it had a border of gorgeous geraniums that are variegated green and white and over behind that red salvia I did love that garden and then I've got hanging baskets that I repurposed and lined with paperback and there's a photo of me having a pretend cup of tea all dressed (laughs) up in front of a statue that in fact I posted on my botanic obsession page today and that that statue is now surrounded by a hedge and it's also bursting and overflowing with the fragrance of a pink buttered jasmine. Oh my! So how how things change, <clears throat> yeah. and you know my vision and what I wanted then to what it is now. How we evolve. <laughs> Very much so. Mm. Oh, I look forward to having a look at that. All right, nine four eight four one nine two seven. Back in a moment. Curtain Radio. 22 minutes after nine, we will be giving away our $75 gift voucher to Bigger Trees this morning as well. And we certainly have a lot of emails flowing through. So I'll get you to answer a few of those if you can, Faye. You're busily writing there. I'm just getting the details of the open garden next yep. weekend. And it is one day only. It is in Hall's Head. Hall's Head. It's called Rosie's Garden. So it's October the 2nd from 10 to 4. And it's 35 Scrivener Place, Hall's Head. And it is um, astonishing how much can be fitted onto a 900 square metre garden, which is quite a good size size. garden these days. Yeah, yeah, quite substantial. There'll be refreshments, plants for sale, uh, toilet available, no dogs. There are steep slopes and uneven pathways. And it looks like it's full of roses and cottage 
garden plants. So that'd be another one. All right. Well, if you're very keen, you could do all three if you really was got yourself organised. So the garden in Hall's Head, romancing the stone in Maidervale, and then up to Gidgigana. So could Tom, Tom Hogg's been creating this garden and opening it for around 22 years now. Yeah. Uh, so his is open the 1st and the 2nd of October and that's with proceeds to the Amanda Young Foundation but there's always lots on offer there. They have refreshments available. They have entertainment. Tom does a 45-minute talk and tour. There are water features and waterfalls. And, and, and a Hobbit slopes. village, another one. I know. Well, <laughs> and a fairy garden. Uh, there's art and plant sales. So mm, love, yeah, love, that's, love. If you've never been there, it's amazing. Built mm. on the side of a hill. Yeah. He's crafted rock walls and water mm. features full of garden statuary. And the place just comes to life. Okay, and the like, emails are coming thick yeah, and fast. I, I haven't had time to read any of them, no, right? No. So, um, from Kathleen, she has noticed on her rosemary hedge a couple of weeks ago two bushes that have completely died. They live in Warnborough, and the plants are uh, six years old, never given any trouble before. Rosemary's are pretty hardy, but yeah. if they've been left unattended, sometimes they can get past their use-by date. Yes. So a, a bit like lavender. Yes, the best I, time to prune your plants is the minute you put them into the ground and do them on a regular basis. The more you clip, the more you encourage new growth. Uh, both are very easy to grow from cuttings. So you can give them a hard cut back. If they don't come back, then... Mm you've got other plants from your cuttings. Sometimes they will grow from the hardwood. Mm. But, you know, you need to be looking at the plant to know whether that will happen. If you're not too sure and you don't want to take a risk, you just cut back one or two of the hardwood stems and watch to see if that happens. That will tell you how far you can cut them back. Mm. These, uh, the rosemary has some signs of cottony cushion scale. So when you're dealing with pests, the best thing to do is remove as much of the infestation as you can. So by doing that, you've got less venaria to treat. So certainly with hedges, this is one of the problems that if left unchecked, the inside parts can can be a habitat and breeding ground for bugs. Yeah. So you clean them up, get rid of the dead, dying diseased wood from the middle and see what you've got left sometimes it's an opportunity to just start again yeah um rather than deal with it but yeah remove most of the infestation and then you could use uh, an eco oil uh, shoot it off with a high pressure spray even a white oil something that will coat the pests and they can't breathe so yeah you probably have to keep keep on with it all right. Now, save up to 70% at the Parry's Spring Has Sprung sale. New stock has arrived. Massive savings store-wide. All stock on Parry's carpets, timbers, vinyls, hybrid, 
laminate, vinyl planks and remnants must be cleared with free installation and free underlay. You can count on Paris T and C's apply. Download their new Bella Spring magazine at pariscarpets.com.au. Open seven days across five convenient locations. Station sponsor. Uh, one of the emails that's come in is from Joy. She has bought two uh, lily pillies. Sysgium cherry blossom. Bought last summer from the big green shed. Both have this problem. Come back to good growth, but now they've come back the same. And this this is a, a trait in lily pillies of the psyllid. Yeah. And the insect lays its egg between the layers. There are varieties that are psyllid resistant or <coughs> just not affected by them. Mm. There is not really a lot you can do for this problem. Um, these these are susceptible to it. I would choose another plant. I I don't think it's worth fighting Persisting. with it. Look look at the picture. It's it's on every leaf. I've got the bush Christmas, and yeah. you know unless you look closely, it you know they might be unsightly if you're looking up closely, but from a distance. The, the plants still give a good impression of that lovely new foliage that comes out red. So I would just put up with it. You would? I would. Okay. It, it doesn't bother me. And I have looked closely at times and I have actually witnessed what I think is the psyllid hatching out from in between the leaf seeds. It's mm. a leaf layers. Um, and, you know, this little wind insect was jiggling around on the leaf and I couldn't make out what was going on. Then I realised, oh, it was probably just emerging. So mm. they're just, they look like tiny, tiny little flies. All right. And Bobby of Bull Creek has become a gardener through this show. Bobby is in a ukulele group, Uh the You Can Do It. <laughs> that must be the name of the group, You Can Do It, you can, who are playing you can, at Romancing the Stone Open Garden next week. Oh, thank nice. you, Bobby. I, I've listened to them. They are such a fun group. I remember the story of them going on a bus trip or a wildflower tour, and I thought they were just such a fun group. You know, it would be lovely to go on tour with them. The music they play is very upbeat Man. and... Great bunch of people. Yeah. Tom's garden has a lot of atmosphere and the people that come in to help, you know, it's a yeah. real team effort. Yeah. And, you know, the gardener's the backdrop is just beautiful. I hope he gets a lot of help because he recently had knee surgery and he had problems after that. Oh, it's so, not easy. Oh, getting the garden, garden ready. With mm. knee surgery, no, thank you. No. So, yeah, we do hope he's... Uh, I'm sure there's been a lot of people who have stepped up to give him a little bit of help. Now, we've got a $75 gift voucher up for grabs from Bigger Trees, compliments of Kerry. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. What could you buy with $75? Well, we already know Bigger Trees specialise in frangies, ornamentals and fruit trees. They have some lovely new additions that have arrived this week, including orchids, cyclamens, hoyas, cacti, succulents, indoor plants and fabulous pots. And there's also a new selection of hibiscus 
that has just arrived as well. Now, they have a great online store option, if you like, that is proving very, very popular. But you must check out Bigger Trees, their website and their Facebook page. You can learn and see so much more there. And uh, they are open this public holiday. So check their website or give Kerry a call for the opening hours, okay? I think it's about 10 to 2, Sunday and Monday, and 10 to 4 today. Now, they're situated in Pickering Brook. Okay, so this is Bigger Trees. Here's your question. Now, this is a very easy one. You must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days, please. Uh, In which song does Louis Armstrong sing I see trees of green, red roses too. I'll repeat the question. In which song does Louis Armstrong sing, I see trees of green, red roses too? Give Bev a call on 94841927 and that $75 gift voucher will be on its way to you this week. Carry on. I shall. Uh, Jasmine has sent us in this email this morning, Ray. Hi, lovely ladies. What is the best mulch I can get for my garden and where? I'm in Canningvale. Uh, she'd also like the gutter cleaner's number, which John <laughs> is on to. Yeah. And do I give personal advice as to what is best planted in my garden? Jasmine, not at the current time, I'm afraid. My calendar and my schedule is quite fully booked. Yeah. Uh, as far as the mulch goes, Canningvale, you have got a bulk soil center not far away it depends on the garden so depending on on what you've got for example um in in perhaps my native garden areas i would give attention to my native plants i would give them a sprinkle of something like rooster booster or dynamic lifter or blood and bone and then in between to keep down the weeds and to keep in moisture I would use a chunky mulch and I would aim to top that up on a regular basis. The reason I do that is uh, to to give the garden once a year a blanket and to keep the weeds down. And any weeds that do grow in there are often bigger and easier to pull out. Mm. So, you know, a layer of mulch just helps the garden look a million dollars. So in my rose garden, bit of a different story. I'm currently topping up with bags of sheep manure. I've already pruned them and given them dibbled slow-release fertilizer. So if nothing else happens, they've they've got good feeding. Yeah. And they're budding up now. Then on top of that, I will use another mulch. Now in the past, I've used uh, soft mulches like a uh, lupin mulch, which break down over time and they help feed the soil so that will go on over the top of the sheep manure um I, i'm thinking i might try the piggy post this time ah um, oh, yes yes and you know then in amongst the roses i've always done the white allison but because i will be restricting the water this year I'm actually looking to do less work so i've planted more perennials in there hmm. so tougher slightly silver foliage plants that will flower they will still bring in the bugs and the bees Mm, mm. and what I've got there now is the white allison that has been growing there for a while I won't replace that as a border because the border is next to a brick wall and that sucks the moisture out so it gets quite thirsty Mm. I might add a few vinkers for an extra splash of of colour and some snapdragons because I found that they were 
quite hearty. Mm. So soft mulches are good. And once again, in the veggie garden, I would use soft mulches. You can get bales of pea hay delivered or from your local soil places. And depending on the size of the garden, I'd be going either for a trailer load or bulk deliveries, which yeah, is what I for sure. I tend to go with. Go with. Mm. Yeah, is most cost effective in the and long layers. Run. You know, getting those layers from the soil, the manure, mm-hmm. maybe a soft mulch, and then maybe a hard mulch. So yeah. it it depends on what part of the garden. I don't like the black mulches. They look good, but they're fine. And I've found that they created a barrier from the soil underneath and will almost stop water at times. Mm. I'm just not a fan of the black. I'd steer away from that. Now, we do have a winner for our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees, Olga of Ascot. Congratulations, Olga. That pass will be in the mail to you this week. Now, the question was, in which song does Louis Armstrong sing, I See Trees of Green, Red Roses Too? Well, of course, it's What a Wonderful World. Here's a little listen. Hope you enjoyed that. We are going to take a short break. When we return, we're chatting with Margaret and another Margaret back shortly. Catching Radio. You're with Rain Faye listening to Let's Talk Gardening. We're in Swan View. Margaret, hi. Hello, Margaret. Hi, it's Margaret from Swan View. Um, I rang you several weeks ago in regards what was the best time to prune a gardenia bush. However, I ended up in hospital instead and oh, have now come home to find quite a big patch at the centre of the bush, dying. But the rest of the bush looks beautiful. It's budding up to flower again. So I'm just ringing to see if you have any idea as to what could be causing that. Mm. Did you end up getting um, any pruning done of it? No. Okay. All right. So the patch that has died... uh, I would recommend you go in and cut back to some green growth. Um, it, it might take a while. You don't want to interfere too much with the other part that's healthy and budding up. But mm. you might find that when you go in, you, you can actually see where the plant has been damaged. For example, you know, a branch may have fallen on a, or a ball may have been kicked into the garden or something like that. And that sort of thing is what can cause a branch to die in the middle. Right, um, yeah. If it's dying back for another reason, uh, cleaning it up will will achieve the same thing. You can encourage some new growth. Great. I will get that done as soon as I can. Mm. Well, and hope Thank you're you. getting better, Margaret. Um, well, I'm keeping one foot going after the other, which is the main thing. That's yeah. what you've got to do. And gardens will do that for you. <laughs> Yes, definitely. But thank you so much for your program, Faye and Ray, and do have a lovely day. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Margaret. Thank you. Cheers. And let's head to Mundaring. We're chatting with the next Margaret. Good morning. Good morning, girls. Hello, Margaret. Very, oh, very well, thanks. That's good. Uh, Very interesting morning. Um, Look, I'd be very keen to hear your experience, Faye, with, if you're going to buy some of that piggy post. Right, yes. Um, have you used pig manure before? 
I did. I know it's not pig manure. I suppose mm. it's been composted. I did get hold of pig manure mm, more than 20 years ago. And I grew the most amazing foxgloves and larkspurs mm. in a small garden in Leeming. And, yeah, that, that poor little garden, I had standard roses out the front with a picket fence and arbour. I had um, the blue potato creeper. We had a pool in oh, the I back corner. Mm. I had fig trees. We had rabbits and orchids. And that we just burst out of this little block onto our Five, four acres at Jandicott. Mm. <laughs> no, but just pig manure in the past used to be extremely smelly, and I don't know whether the composting process gets rid of that odour. Oh, I think but, it will initially have an odour. I um, was thinking initially, because of your up, up and coming um, goal with yes. the wedding, um, I'd be interested to hear whether there's any odour. Left yeah, good, good point, Margaret, because one of the things that I'm being very mindful of is working back from everything. So key dates that I've got. So we have got a minor event on the 29th of October. So I would at least want to do any anything smelly two weeks prior <laughs> or, or probably even three because it might bring the flies in. And, of course, the earlier I do it, yeah. the more we've got a chance of some dappled rain to help settle everything. That's right, yeah. Mm. I, right. I went to a rose garden in Glen Forest many years ago and the lady had had a, a truckload of pig manure delivered the week before. Oh. I had open garden. <gasps> and it was terrible. It, it was just dreadful. Yeah. And Absolutely dreadful. I've never forgot. Yeah. Yeah, can imagine. It's it's worth considering these things, even you know when you're getting ready for an event or open gardens. Um, mm. Everything that we do, like there's last minute things that we do. So it's cleaning furniture, making sure there's no redbacks hiding in yeah. in areas that people are going to be sitting, uh, cleaning the paving, and of course when you're cleaning the paving with high pressure then it's sandblasting everything on the edge. So you don't want right. to plant your border annuals and then do, right. do your pave yeah, blow them to oblivion. Yeah. yeah. Um, so having all those um, events factored <clears throat> weeks ahead is a good idea Indeed. for recovery really, time. Really plot it out. Mm. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful you've reminded me about the smells of things because <laughs> it's, yeah, you don't want to do it in the oh, week well, leading up to something. It depends on how long it takes for the rain if we keep getting yeah. rain mm. to um, you know wash, wash it in. the water st stops the smell of dynamic lifter for example yeah, yeah. Um, just depends on how much rain we get in the meantime and because with the heat coming up there's going we're going to have a lot more insects flying around after next week's warmer days so, yeah. And the insects are okay. It's oh, sure. it's the ones we don't want, the flies. Well, some <laughs> of the flies. Mm. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, right. Margaret. Thanks. Bye for now. All Bye. right. Take care. And let's go to Dianella. Coral, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. And how are you, ladies? Very good. good. Thanks, Coral. Good. Um, my question is, how do I attract Insects, bees to a bee hotel, please. Okay. Is there a magic trick? <laughs> uh, 
Well, a little bit. There, I can give you a few tips. Can you tell me, first of all, do, do you have a B Hotel set up and what is it? Um, I've just got it sitting in a pot in the garden in a bit of um, shelter. Um, what have, else can I tell you? <laughs> have you made it yourself? No, no, it was a bought one. Okay. All right. Um so it's probably got some quite large openings like bamboo, for example. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All sorts in there. So the sorts of of native bees that you might get there would be a resin bee, uh, a masked bee. You might also get solitary wasps. And don't be put off by that because the mud nesting wasps are uh, not aggressive. And they mm-hmm. actually collect caterpillars to provision their nests. They're really cool things. They just might look mm-hmm. scary. Um, put it in a sheltered position. Yeah. Uh, if it faces perhaps north or east, then you'll get morning sun without it getting too hot in the full hot summer sun. You don't yeah. want to move them around a lot because once the bees do find them, they keep coming back. So if you yes. keep shuffling things around, that will upset them. They won't know where to find their nest. Um, don't think because you can't see things happening that it's not happening. They don't always use the front door. Some will actually use the side or back door. So, um, And they won't necessarily come in if you're standing there or moving around. I actually put a a chair in front of mine so I can sit there still, not in their flight path because they get a bit cranky if they come in and you're sitting there with the camera right in their way. So they'll go bzz, bzz, but they probably won't sting you. Um, you could put them, put flowers around them. So that that also can help attract them. And, of course, native plants are probably one of the best ones, but then there'll be lots of herbs and vegetables that flower and go to seed, that can also attract them. Okay. Uh, And you don't want it moving around, so you don't want it swinging. So fixed so that it doesn't fill up with rain and doesn't cook in the hot summer sun. Okay. I think I've probably got it in a good spot in the shelter. Um, It's on the top of the uh, soil in the pot, so Um, I won't move it. Ants can get into it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, having it up like eye height or or waist height up above the ground is probably a good idea. Okay, so like in the fork of a tree or something, um, maybe secure it. Yes. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Okay, then. Thank you very much, ladies. And, good and luck. One is never enough, Coral. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. All right. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Cheers. All right. Now we have to have a short break. When we return, we're chatting with Mary. Curtain Radio. And the gardening show today was sponsored by DeSacco Mulch. Make your garden grow with DeSacco Mulch. Available at all leading garden centres. Straight back out to the lines. We're in Banja. Mary, Hi. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good, well, thanks, Mary. Oh, look, I'm chuckling here. You know, you're talking about the last-minute things that you do and you don't do. Yeah. But a very dear friend who's coming from the Gold Coast is meticulous about everything. And I'm thinking, 
what it will eat to first to last, and we'll get it done in time before she arrives. Yep. <laughs> but if um, she's going on the Cape to Cape walk and seeing all of the native plants and mm. things, I'm just wondering, are there any um, open gardens or things like that on for the 8th or the 9th of October? Everything seems to be earlier. Yeah, no, there is, Mary. And what you can do is yeah. go to opengardenswa.org and Have a browse. there is a calendar of events there. So you can see everything that's, coming that is up. coming up. Okay, well, that sounds really good. Well, <laughs> just, you know, she's nominated Kings Park. Well, that's a given. That's yep. a no brainer, yes. Yeah. Uh, and if she's interested in natives, um, yep. Wireless Hill yes. is another good one. And uh, Xantheria Nursery. Ellis yep. Brook is a lovely walk with lots of wildflowers. Right. And the 8th and 9th, uh, Kennedy Garden is open. Kennedy Garden. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, it's, you know. Just getting everything organised, as you say, and sorted. And I think I'm going to have to put aside just a tiny bit our big drooling dog. (laughs) (laughs) I bet your garden's looking amazing at the moment. It isn't, it isn't. You know, lots of things. We still don't have a lot of our orchids. Um, We've got quite a lot of flowering natives in the bush. But everything seems to be a bit on hold. So, you know, it's It is of, a bit still, know. Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the fruit trees um, yeah. haven't started to develop as they normally do. So it's a wait and see, isn't it? It sure is at the moment. But All it's right. just beautiful out there today. So when you're finished, you'll be able to go out and enjoy it. We will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mary. The clock is ticking. Oh, cheers. <laughs> All right, bye. Oh, yeah. And Judith of Rivervale phoned in and she buys a product called God's Gift to Gardens mm. and it's a pig fertiliser that has no odour. Yeah, okay. It's marvellous. I have used that before, but have you? not for many years. I'd kind of mm. forgotten. Yeah, yeah. No, I've not, yeah. I, I'm not sure whether I've heard of it or not. Yeah, okay, carry on. Uh, okay, so Cecilia has sent in a photo. Just found this plant in my garden. Could you kindly tell me if this is a weed or something that I have planted a long time ago? It's a marshmallow weed, Cecilia, and I believe the root um, has some useful purposes, but I I wouldn't recommend doing anything if you don't 100% know what the plant is mm-hmm. so yeah it's a weed i would probably i would turf it out but on the same token they do have a little flower that uh, is a pretty pink and there are certain bugs that are attracted to the seeds in those flowers so if you you're looking for diversity in your garden it's something different they'll bring it in okay mm. now we do have time for one more uh cindy of Bindoon has sent <coughs> in photos of uh, plants slash trees that are given to her. They're native to Broome. She has them in a large pot on the veranda facing north and protected from the easterly winds. Can you tell me the name of them and how I can grow them a bit bushier? Well, I'm I'm not sure that I know what they are. They've got a burgundy leaf by the look of it. Um, 
with most plants, cutting them back will make them more bushy. The best mm. time to do that is after they've flowered. If I, I can't see the context of whether they are tree-like or shrub-like because it's quite a close-up photo and there's nothing to tell me what they might be. They have a, a similar leaf to the Prunus cerocifera nigra, but they wouldn't be native to broom. No. So uh, once they flower, we can work out what they are and then mm. we can work out when is the best time to prune them. But yeah. definitely after they they flower. Interesting leaf, right? Mm. Well, beautiful colour. Yes. But, you know, uh, rusty burgundy. Mm. And I'm over to you, Ray. All right. We're running uh, out of time. I'm not going to get through all these emails. Well, so I'll we be only busy. had um, two. John was saying only had two pieces of paper left in his printing machine. So this gives is you a, some idea of the emails that came in today. This is a record. Look at all this. Oh, dear me. <laughs> I've got homework. You certainly have, and then some. All right. Thanking Bev Daring and John Glidden, and certainly our very own Faye Akaro. Cycling DJ Jim Crinan will join you next uh, with the classic 70s. He'll take you through to midday. Then we go country with Brendan T and Born in Boots. Uh, Jim, are you a Swans man or a Geelong man? Who do you want Geelong. to win? Geelong. Okay, I'm barracking for Swans. Okay, there you go. We'll see what happens this time next week. We shall regroup. All right, spring is the music of open windows and also the time of plans and projects. Enjoy this long weekend. Enjoy this weather. Have fun, everyone, and happy gardening. We'll see you next Saturday. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.